0: Hey, Alicia, you got your mug?
1: Hey, Jamie, girl, I got my glass. Let's get into this
0: black tea. This is black tea, your bottomless cup of empowerment, political education, and black excellence.
1: Every month, we bring you raw and uncut news, filling the tea on all of the latest hot button social issues and events. For the culture.
0: On today's episode of Black Tea, we are talking about the fact that this pandemic is still raging out here. But there's hope on the horizon based on the fact that there are two new vaccines coming out.
1: There's a lot to talk about. So there are several vaccines right now, but there's two vaccines from pharmaceutical companies, Pfizer and Moderna, that seem to be on the fast track um, and seem to be doing well. Um, there's clinical trials undergoing right now, and it looks like um, those, one of those vaccines will be the ones released to the public.
0: Yeah, but on the other side, there are a lot of people that are really nervous about the vaccines, and that's not nothing new because a lot of people are nervous and hesitant to take vaccines anyway, but with this, it seems like there's a lot more questions. And Alicia, we know that you have a medical background and you have some experience at least working in science and healthcare, so I think it'll be good for our listeners to hear from you um, how what facts there are about some of these concerns that people have. And I know one of the big ones is the fact that this vaccine process was rushed. Usually it takes years for a vaccine to go through all the different clinical trial stages. And it's only been one year. And now we're already talking about these vaccines being out there in the world. So is this vaccine, has it been rushed or is there any possibility that it hasn't been properly tested?
1: So first, let me say that I completely understand having a certain level of distrust with um, the government um, and with whatever bodies of health, we know that there have been several examples um, throughout history where, you know, in some ways, health has been built on the backs of people of color and it's been exploitive and it's been unethical. But that is not true for every scientific process. Um, but I just want to know that I do understand and I definitely think we should hold people accountable to those ethical standards. But as far as a vaccine being rushed, so the vaccine has gone and is undergoing right now clinical trials. Um These trials will include at at least 30,000 subjects and could potentially go all the way up to 60,000 subjects, subjects being like the people who participate in the clinical trials. Um, As far as the clinical trials being, um, look like they're being fast paced or being rushed, something that you have to understand is that research builds upon itself. So these clinical trials are building upon decades of research. Um, The technology that is being used to develop this vaccine has been in development for over 25 years. Five years. Um, The process's acceleration is not a result of like the process being rushed by like them skipping over steps, but it's actually a result of thousands of scientists making this virus their primary focus day and night in order to, you know, save lives and help our economy. So it is kind of accurate to say that it's being it as in it's moving faster than usual, but you have to say that, keep it in mind, that it's building up on research that has already been done and that it's not being done by like skipping processes, but there are, you know, scientists that might typically be managing three and four projects that have other focuses because we're in a pandemic and it's really impacting the entire world. They're making this their primary focus, which is helping to move things along faster.
0: Okay. Okay. That makes sense because we know that like science is nothing new and a lot of this stuff has been studied before. So it's not like they're starting from scratch. I can understand that. But the other thing that I've heard that people talk about is like, when you get a vaccine, you have to get the virus first in order to make the vaccine. And a lot of people think, okay, you're about to give me COVID so that I don't get COVID. That don't make sense. So what's up with that? And is there a possibility that like, you know, this just may not work or that, you know, people think they're going to get COVID from this.
1: So it is not possible for the vaccine to give you COVID-19 that that's not possible You're not Mm. going to get COVID-19 from getting the vaccine Um, I took some time to read through some of the you know the data and research that's been made available Um, The FDA does have a summary So I took some time to read through that and it actually looks like the results of the trials conducted thus far show that protection from the disease begins about 10 days after the first dosage, which means you could possibly Be susceptible to the disease During that 10 day period But again that's not saying that the vaccine itself Gave you COVID That's just saying that as soon as you get the vaccine You're not automatically immune Your body is still building up those antibodies And that vaccine is still being processed in your system So it is possible that if you're doing things That put you at risk or make you susceptible That you have 10 days where you could still catch it Um, Yeah and I mean as far as You know other concerns that people have about it um the concerns there are some red flags but it's not around if the covid could give you it's not around if the vaccine could give you covid it is just around concerns of like how long the immunity will last, um, the safety and effectiveness in kids, um, the safety and effectiveness for the vaccine in pregnant people, the safety and effectiveness for vaccines in immunocompromised people. Um, But that is not specific to this, you know, that's not specific to COVID-19 vaccine. That is specific to any vaccine. When you do research in science, um, as a part of the ethical standards, you have to protect uh, populations that are vulnerable and that are most at risk. So when you conducting research you're going to um, not start by doing research on those that are most vulnerable because you don't have any data on it first you don't know how it's impacted someone that might be on a healthier side or not as much at risk so you don't want to jump in doing it with folks who are at risk and maybe not on a healthier side so we're still learning you know they still have to study and the trials they're doing right now they're not doing it on pregnant people they're not doing it on children they're not doing it on your immune, immunocompromised people but at some point they will when they get enough data when they get enough research and and it's safer to go that way and they can do so with some real evidence to support that it's okay, then they will.
0: Okay, okay. So let's break that down a little bit. So with the first part, what you're saying is that when you get a vaccine, your body has to be able to build resistance to it. And right. so it's not like you're going to get the vaccine and you're okay Right. right when you get it exactly it takes some time and that's why you get side effects and you might feel funny and stuff cuz that's your body working
1: exactly processing that vaccine getting that vaccine through your through your system
0: okay Okay, that one, yeah, that one makes sense. Um, And then with the trials, it's because, you know, they weren't able to put this in everybody. Right. They were just able to get a small sample of people to test it, but everybody's different. So that doesn't mean that what works with the people that were in the sample, they had every single type of person in there to test it.
1: Exactly. So a part of um, what is ethical research is you want to do your research on what is a representative population, because Mm. it's impossible to think that you're going to be able to do it on every city in the United States that's not realistic so as a scientist you want to make sure like okay if our population is 10% black we want the sample of our participants Mm. to be 10% black if our population includes um, 7% of people with diabetes we want our sample to include 7% of people with diabetes and so Mm -hmm. this vaccination process the trials that they're undergoing the same thing can be said for that they're not testing it on everybody because that's not possible and also everybody does not want you need to be a consenting (laughs) participant Mm -hmm. Everybody does not want to be a part of these trials, Um, but they are going to work to have it representative. But some of that representative at some part has to include vulnerable populations because that is a part of our vulnerable population, but you're not going to jump into that from the beginning when you're doing your research, when you're doing your science to, to keep it ethical and to keep it fair and so that you are protecting your participants and not putting them at unnecessary risk.
0: Right, right. And, and that's why it's not perfect, because they can't get everybody in that room in order to do that. Exactly. It's called a trial. It right. is called a clinical trial. Right, right. Um, And so let's get into what some of these side effects are, because I think that's the part where people get even more concerned. And and I know if you in the Facebook world and the Twitter world, you're hearing all kinds of things. And and we know everything that you see on social media isn't true, but you're hearing stories about you know people that have gotten sick or uh, they were tired. Some people had like different issues, and all these people in the UK they're saying somebody died from it and all this stuff. And so like let's parse through all the noise and actually talk about like what are the common side effects and like. How can that be? How how can we know what's true from that? Yeah, so I've seen you know I've seen funny TikTok
1: videos of like uh, you after you take the vaccine and then it's somebody doing like a zombie walk. Yeah, like one eye open and one eye closed. <laughs> yes. Yeah hope that that will not be what's observed and none of that has mm-hmm. been observed in these clinical trials mm-hmm. but again I think what's important I know that we want our science and our medicine we yep. want them to be a 100% proof area but one thing Factual thing in science is there's always a margin of error. There's nothing in science that is like 100% proof all the time because our, I mean, especially dealing with human bodies, our systems are so complex and our bodies digest and process things so differently based off our phase of development we're in, based off specific medical conditions we have, based off genetics, you know, issues that our family had. So when you're talking about um, a trial and a research, again, I look took the time to look through, and it looks like some of the observed and reported side effects included fever and chills. And that was in about 15 to 30% of um, the participants in that study. Um, Another side effect that was observed was fatigue. Um, and aches at the injection sites and that was about 50% of the folks participating so it's like where you would receive the shot of the vaccine mm-hmm. that site that's called the injection site the location yeah. where you get that um, but also I mean what's promising is that all of those symptoms were temporary um, yeah. the participants fully recovered um, afterwards short a short period of time after. and that's common for any vaccine I mean mm-hmm. if you go to your doctor now and get a shot you might notice that you're a little red or you're a little swollen where you got the vaccine at you might be a little tired, you might be fatigued, um, but that that's not like alarming, and that's not going to stop them from continuing to do research because that's just part of you're introducing something to your body. You're going to have some kind of response to it um, more times than not. Um, and then serious effects were not statistically significant or common. So when we say serious effects in science so no one died mm-hmm. <laughs> so far from the thousands of people that have been observed and people are still being observed no one has has died no yeah. one has, has has had anything that yeah. has proven to be you know fatal mm-hmm. um and so um, trials are ongoing scientific processes, hence them being called trials, and so all participants will be followed closely in order for the duration of immunity and other potential side effects to be monitored. But so far, nothing uncommon has been observed or, or reported. Um, those, all of the symptoms that we talked about, if you go do your research on any type of like potential look up a flu vaccine, uh, look up whatever vaccines, um, you will see like that those are just common side effects.
0: Yep. 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 I want to echo that. When I got my flu shot, my arm hurt. It was heavy. I didn't want to pick up nothing. And then I just laid down on the couch. I laid down on the couch and we do that every year. So that doesn't, that sounds like just what comes with regular vaccines, the type of stuff you feel. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, And then the last thing is like, we keep hearing this word about the vaccines that are being tested, having something called M-R-N-A. And I'm not actually, you know, I'm not in science. I'm not exactly sure what that is myself, Um, but that's why this is black tea and we're going to dig into it. So what is this? Why is this different? Why are we having to talk about this as if this is something new, Um, which you kind of touched on earlier as far as like how this was built differently than other typical vaccines? Okay.
1: So as far as understanding what M-R-N-A is, I think a quick uh, the fastest way I can think to explain it so most people know that you know your DNA strand you picture like a double helix shaped form that like twists and turns mm. can you visualize that? No
0: but I believe you okay so <laughs> you know you see it like if
1: you watch little science shows or whatever they show two strands that look like twisted between each other Okay, like a twizzler like two twizzlers a twizzler. twirled together twizzler. right I got so that. picture two twizzlers twirled together mm-hmm. so one of those strands is DNA uh-huh. um, and then the other strand is mRNA. Um, And mRNA is just like A molecule that is complementary to the DNA strands on a gene. Something to know is that the mRNA vaccine is actually likely safer than others since there is no live virus included in it at all. And for people's big concern about, like, if it can alter your DNA, no, it cannot. It is impossible for RNA vaccines to alter your DNA, and every principle of biology fully supports that as
0: being factual. So, basically, if you see on Facebook that it's going to change your DNA and turn you into a zombie, it's not about to do that. Exactly. Okay, good, good. Glad we got that cleared out. Um, So, this this is why it's so important to have, you know, experts from different fields because I feel like it's really good for us to be able to talk about this kind of information candidly and, like, have, like, someone who's, like, really experienced with it, like, break it down for people, but also host the show, right? (laughs) So it's great. Um, And so the other thing I want to make sure people know is that it's possible, if you are really, really concerned, no one's going to make you take this vaccine.
1: Exactly. Um, So that is something that we see um, people joking about, and I do understand the distrust, but any healthcare professional um, that you work with is not there to force it. You can always always decline a vaccine. You don't need any explanations. You don't need any specific medical conditions or legal justifications at all. You can simply decline. Um, It is not a healthcare professional's job to force you to take a vaccine. It's their job to educate you and answer your questions so that you can know what the risks and benefits are and make an informed decision for yourself. But I am using the word decision. So it is your choice to get the vaccine or not.
0: Right. But remember, with this particular vaccine, this is a really dangerous virus. And when you are not protected, you are not only putting your own health at risk of getting the vaccine, but anyone else around you that is not inoculated as well can also get the virus. And that doesn't get us back to all the things that we miss from society before this. So that's why this vaccine is so important to get enough people to take it so that stuff can go back to normal. For sure,
1: for sure. I I definitely, I agree with that. Um, I I think that it just responds. Like me personally, being someone who may have to work around vulnerable populations and people at risk, or even if I'm just going to meet my grandparents, I would rather know that I'm not putting them at risk. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's just, I don't want to put the lady who's immunocompromised in the grocery store with a newborn baby. I don't want to be putting her at risk. I would rather, you know, follow these trials, make sure they're being conducted, ask the questions that I have, ask my doctor or my nurse, and get the information I don't have so I can feel comfortable comfortable, but then I think ultimately make that, for me, make the responsible decision where I know I'm not going to be putting people at risk, but it is a choice that we all get to make for ourselves. This episode of Black Tea is brought to you by the Divided City Initiative. The Divided City is a joint project of the Center for the Humanities and the Sam Fox School, College of Architecture and Urban Design at Washington University, right here in St. Louis. The Divided City is funded by the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation. And welcome to Hot Tea. Okay, Hot Tea is a new segment of the podcast, but it will be a reoccurring segment. Mm -hmm. So get your cup out. Okay, or your champagne gla- glass or your wine glass, whatever you want to sip on, because the temperature is about to rise. And it so is. you might, it, it is. So you won't, might want a little liquid. So, y'all know part of our goal on Black Tea is to raise political consciousness, um, political, social, and cultural consciousness. But this part focuses on political consciousness. So, one thing that's abundantly clear and that we want people to know is when you have a political consciousness, it does not mean that you and everyone else who has a political consciousness will think about about things in the same way. To have a political consciousness just means to critically think about what is going on in your community, community politically. So on this segment, um, Jamie and I will discuss policy topics or you know things that are being talked about regularly, policy proposals um, that we both care about, but maybe differentiate a little bit about our views or differentiate in how they should be addressed or how it should be solved or how it should be worded. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, today's hot tea topic is none other than defund the police. And I'm going to say it again, defund the police, because sometimes just saying it um, throws people off. So that's what Jamie and I are going to get into today. Okay, so defund the police became part of the call for change during the mass Black Lives Matter protest following the killing of Mr. Floyd and Breonna Taylor in Kentucky in March at the hands of the police. Mr. Obama, um, our our previous President Obama and for some people the last president that they claim, made some comments while speaking to the Snapchat political show, Good Luck America, about the importance of word choice in marketing ideas.
0: Yep, and we will tell y'all exactly what he said. So on the show, he said... If you believe, as I do, that we should be able to reform the criminal justice system so that it's not biased and treats everyone fairly, I guess you can use a snappy slogan like defund the police, but you know you lost a big audience at the minute you said it. And he went on to say, if you instead say, hey, you should uh, let's reform the police department so that everyone's being treated fairly, then suddenly a whole bunch of folks who might not otherwise listen to you are actually going to listen to you and so the reason we're talking about this is because this caused a huge uproar for some people some people were really mad at what obama said and other people thought obama was speaking the truth and that somebody needed to say it so we're going to get into both sides of that argument today and really break down like what does defunding the police actually mean and why are we calling for it
1: yeah yeah so let's get into it um So, a part of what defund the police, one of the big focuses, obviously, we're using the word defund. Mm -hmm. So, part of what defund the police is saying is let's reappropriate some of the funds, let's reappropriate the funds that were given to police and put them towards other other issues in Mm -hmm. our community. So, um, you might say... You know, basically you're saying, okay, in a, in a state where we give three hundred million to police, let's defund them and maybe give them two hundred and forty million mm-hmm. and then let's put sixty million towards other solutions because a lot of people look at police as a solution to issues in the community like crime. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people who are calling for defund the police are kind of saying that from analysis of saying, um, that police is not a solution for crime, that there are other things that do cost money as well that need to be invested into in order to build for communities and address some of the problems our communities are facing.
0: Yeah, yeah. But on the other side, if that's the goal of defund the police, to withdraw funds and reuse resources, then why are we saying defund the police when for a lot of people, one, that's not exactly actually what you're doing. And then by saying the word defund, you're getting people to think, oh, we're getting rid of everything that the police does. And then there's going to be no system for safety.
1: Right. So I think that, um, and this is a view to me that, you know, when I first heard to defund police, I guess I kind of jumped to just automatically understood what was being said. Mm-hmm. So I think like, you know, um, I think Jamie and I earlier we were talking and she actually pulled up the definition of defund. Yeah. <laughs> and, the defi- yes. and the definition of defund, you know, typically if you defund something, you go from if you say defund Skittles and Skittles has five hundred dollars of funding, that means you're going from five hundred dollars to zero dollars.
0: Defund. Right. By definition.
1: Right. But there mm-hmm. are, you know, there's other definitions where you just define it as to withdraw funds. So not saying to completely defund it, to take away all funding, but to completely defund it. Um, I think defund the police as a name for a campaign. I mean, I get the idea of what Obama is saying, maybe what you're saying, Jamie, of like, you know, um. It is, it sounds very bold to people, and I guess people are thinking that you're going to just take all the money away from police, mm-hmm. but I know that, I know, and a lot of the people I know who are doing work around defunding police departments, if you think that America is not going to have police officers overnight, like, we're just going to go from having them to not having them or any of the services that they they do or they offer or they support, that's not realistic, and I think people who are saying defund the police understand that that's not realistic. I I think Defund maybe be using because one, we're talking about it. Mm -hmm. it's caught your attention you know Mm -hmm. and that's part of what you want to do with these campaigns is you want it to get engagement you want people to get their opinions about it you want people to start sticking on it but people are defund the police saying defund the police and saying abolish the police are two different things so I think Mm -hmm. when we're saying defund the police people are hearing abolish abolish is what you're saying where you're saying get rid of the police zero dollars and zero cents going into them we're not hiring when people are saying defund they're not trying to say abolish they're just saying reappropriate the funds and some Of the funds. They're not saying to take away all of the funding.
0: Right. But I guess the first part of that is, and I think why a lot of people on both ends of the spectrum, right? You have some people that are like, no, don't touch any of the police budget. They need that. In fact, give people more money. And so when they hear defund the police, they get angry. But then you hear other people who are like, yeah, we need to get rid of all the police in general, no more police because of all the things police are doing in people's communities, right? That's the first reason we're having this conversation because Mm -hmm. of what police are doing. And so those people are also like, yeah, defund the police, take away the money from the police by Mm -hmm. definition of what it means. And so that's first the issue with this being a call to action by our political leaders, because political leaders have a responsibility to tell people the truth, right? Like tell people exactly what they're Mm -hmm. about to do. Mm -hmm. And if you have a uh, a mantra, or as Ilhan Omar called it, like this is a policy action. This is not a slogan. This is a policy action. If you're saying this is a policy action, uh, she's the representative from um, Minneapolis. Um, I'm Ilhan.
1: I to tell our viewers.
0: Yeah, Ilhan Omar, by the way, who okay. I respect a lot, but she's saying this is a policy action. And so if this is a policy action, people are going to take you at your word because you're a leader, mm-hmm. right? And so they're going to think you're saying, The truth. And so somebody's going to wake up. Like, let's say the action gets done. Let's say we actually pass this legislation. Someone's going to wake up somewhere in the country and see a police officer outside their house and wonder, why the police still here? I thought we defunded them. I thought they was defunded, but they still sitting outside my house. And then they're going to be mad at you.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I can understand that. So, But that's not... I mean, it's kind of like when people take a word and I guess they're they're putting a new spin on it. Like mm-hmm. I don't think the people... And I'm a part of the conglomerate that supports defunding the police, but I'm not saying to take away all of their money. Even if I was saying that, I would just know that that's not realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is being said is just to give those funds to other areas. So uh, certainly if you hear defund the police, do not think that... If you're wherever you sit, whether you support it or you're against it or you're not sure what it means, so you don't know what to call it, it is not calling for eliminating the police mm-hmm. or eliminating police budgets altogether. Yeah. It is just saying, like, and In places like St. Louis, our 2021 budget for the Metropolitan Police Department is $208 million. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the fiscal budget for next year. If you compare that to the Department of Human Services, which funds programs for homeless people, funds programs for youth and families in need and veterans, they have a little bit over $30 million. So Mm -hmm. in a place like St. Louis, when I'm saying defund the police, I'm saying, you know what, the fact that we're giving $208 million to Mm -hmm. the police and just a little bit over $30 million to the entire human services department. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. I think that if we want to solve the problems in our community, we can't just invest in the people that monitor them and the people that keep security and surveillance. If you want to give people safety, give people resources, give them access to housing, job preparation, education, fund those other things. um, Because a lot of times, you know, people look at police, you know, especially if we talk about the areas like the north side of St. Louis where, you know, Areas where there's higher concentrations of crime, we already know that increasing the amount of police does not decrease crime in those areas. So Mm -hmm. it's just saying that police is not the solution to crime. The solution to crime would be giving people resources, um, would be decreasing poverty, and some of those things that require it. Like in St. Louis, if you work and you're like, okay, so the police is getting 208 million, but all of the human services only has a little bit over 30 million. So if you can't access mental health, resources if you can't access health care if you're homeless if you're a veteran all these different people are coming to this one pot that is not even a fourth of the pot that we're giving to police officers maybe we need to reconsider how we're dealing with crime and how we're dealing with security and how we're dealing with the people the problems that our society faces and maybe the way that we do that is by not just expecting the police to be the one all be all solution to these issues but actually investing that money into people
0: Right. And I think that's for part, you and Alicia, or you know that we both agree on with that issue. But I think for me, the reason why I defund the police... Um is sort of a narrowing call to action because one, when we reallocate this money from these departments, that's only step one of the issue. At the end of the day, we can reduce money and like you said, reduce the number of officers, but that doesn't take the officers that are problematic off the street. Mm -hmm. Defunding the police doesn't do that. We're not changing the structure of the police department. We're just changing where their money can go. Mm -hmm. And so I think if we're gonna say we really wanna change the criminal justice system, then defunding the police doesn't define what that policy action is. Mm-hmm. And you can't put more action under that umbrella. And just a couple of examples of cities that are getting credit for defunding the police, Los Angeles, San Francisco, LA cut their police department by one86 Oh, they cut one hundred and fifty million from their police department of one point mm-hmm. eight six billion dollars right They cut money one hundred and fifty mm-hmm. million dollars is a lot of money, mm-hmm. but their police department budget is one point eight six billion dollars. So right. what is that doing? You get what I'm saying right like they're cutting fractional marginal pieces mm-hmm. of funding from these departments that really truthfully aren't moving the needle. And so there are a lot of examples of cities, a city like Sunnyville, California, for example, that they didn't cut funding, but they reintegrated and renamed their police system to call it the Sunnyville Department of Public Safety, right? They restructured the people that are in that system. They reformed the system and reframed the leaders to bring in the fire department and bring in medical services so that they're all under the same umbrella. That's the goal, that's what we're trying to get to, right? Like we're trying to reform these police departments to actually. Make them work for the community, and a call to action like defund the police is part of it. But if we give cities credit for doing just that section of work and not actually restructuring their police departments, then we're not actually reforming the system. And so when Obama said reform the police, people got mad. Like we tired of police reform. Like I hear you, but like that's what we want to do, mm-hmm. right? Like that's what we want to get to.
1: Yeah. So I think I don't disagree with anything that you. Um, just said, I mean, I... I think that defunding the police is step one and I think too like we know in in politics and policy what people are trying to do as this first step is free up money because we don't you know if you recognize that okay we have a homeless problem in the city of St. Louis and we need another 60 million you're not going to just get another 60 million dollars from like a private funder or somebody it has to come from somewhere so I think people are connecting that to Black Lives Matter um, and connecting that to police and saying well this is an area that has excessive spending arguably Um, Mm -hmm. so let's cut it and then I think the other thing too so like in regards to Obama's comments I I just think that you know you can't really argue I just don't want people to be more concerned about branding than justice Mm -hmm. right so let's not over let's not like focus too much on on the words or branding of it and focus on what they're trying to say for like justice. I mean, I think that's why people should have conversations like what we're having. Yeah. So that if we do need to use other words or if we do need to give more explanations of a messages, let's do that. But like I'm never going to argue for people to like sanitize their demands of the oppressed because people don't like a word that's being used. You know, sometimes we just have to, you know, work together and have conversations and open up our minds and also understand that a lot of the activists that are are doing this work around defunding the police um i mean they work in their communities they live in their communities every day they're not Mm -hmm. all team abolish the police and even if they are i i mean it's just not realistic to really be in tune with what's going on and think that unless there's like some grand revolution that america is not going to fund police like that's Mm -hmm. just not that's just not going to happen um so yeah but i agree with you i think that i can see how the word itself, people are thinking that it means to completely defund. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also just think that we have to be careful not to be more worried about branding um, than justice. And also we cannot be... You just to be constantly talking to people that are oppressed about sanitizing their words and their language is just something that even Martin Luther King Jr. used to talk about. Like mm-hmm. You have to focus on what people are talking about. You have to get to the root of their issue and what they're addressing. So if the issue is that our communities are under-resourced, our schools, our hospitals, our solutions for mental health, our solutions for addiction, and crime is out the roof, that I think that is what they're trying to highlight with Defund the Police, because they're like, we've been mm-hmm. funding the police since the beginning of time and not seeing improvement in these areas can we start to explore some other things we can do with these resources and see if we can get closer to solving some of these problems
0: yeah no I I think that's so real and I think that's a good point about like it's we shouldn't be caught up in the words but at the same time the people that, are, that we are electing to be our voices in office have a responsibility to be true to their word. And if we give them a pass for saying, oh, I said this, but I really meant this on this issue, mm-hmm. when they turn around and do that on another issue to us and say, oh, I said this, but I really meant this, mm-hmm. that sets them up to not be accountable, right? So we don't want to do that either. We want to make sure we're holding people to be true and honest about what they're demanding because they're speaking for us. And on that same time, if they're demanding something like defund the police, but we want defund the police and take crooked officers out of police departments and bring in leaders that are actually for the community, Mm -hmm. well, they don't give us defund the police, but that's not all we're asking for. And so we need to be honest. And whether it's defund the police or reform the police or restructure the police, like, all or these,
1: eliminate the police or people li- are asking for various things or eliminate the real. police we got to be real
0: about everything people want these are these are all demands and we need to listen to all of them and understand what they mean and why they're being said at the end of the day because at the end of the day People are getting hurt out there. We know in St. Louis, people are getting hurt. People are getting shot. There there is a need for public safety, but the people that are are speaking for us in terms of public safety also have to be looking out for us in terms of everything else. And so I think that's a great place to wrap up. To Alicia's point, it's not about what we call it. It's about what gets done at the end of the day. And I think everything we just said is what we both agree on. Something needs to be done with our criminal justice system. Absolutely.
1: who needs to hear this, but it's a section of this podcast where we tell you what you need to know that you don't want to know, but you need to know.
0: So, I don't know who needs to hear this, but the best gift you can give this holiday season is practicing safety. Not just for your own self, but for everyone else. So, just wash your hands. Use hand sanitizer. If you are making holiday dinner, make sure everything's all cleaned up extra nice just to protect ourselves from this COVID-19 out here. And in all seriousness, y'all, like, As a person who themselves is immunocompromised, being safe really isn't just about you. When you go out here and you're doing your grocery shopping, there are those of us that, you know, are really, really, um, can be really, really, even more so impacted by this virus. So we really need y'all to be safe out here this holiday season.
1: And... As a vaccine, I mean, as a someone who works in healthcare, I would never, ever, ever, never, ever, ever tell you what to do. Okay, mm. I just want to give you the information so that you can make an informed decision when the vaccine comes. But I will say this: you eat hot Cheetos. You do. You drink Everclear that's over eighty percent alcohol. Oh, you do. You be eating them chicken thighs from Church's Chicken that's bigger than our human thighs. And you know something wrong with that. Okay, so uh, you drink them for Locos. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You eat ramen noodles.
0: You know. So- so, so maybe, just maybe, you'll be okay with this vaccine. I mean, if you put all that in your body, y'all, y'all have made it through so much, so much, child. Especially especially with that church chicken. My stomach hurt. So, yeah, in all seriousness, if you could do all that, you, you could take the vaccine. You could take it.
1: And I don't know who needs to hear this, but... The filing for elections in St. Louis closes. The deadline is January 4th, 2021. Um, That's the deadline. To file for elections that are coming up in 2021 in our city. And I'm sure that all across the country, there are different dates going on for those elections. And something that we always want to talk about on Black Tea is not just like federal elections, but also local elections. So keep that date in mind.
0: Yeah. And when you go to that primary election, you just might see one of our names up there. I ain't going to say nobody. I'm just saying, you know. You might you might see a familiar name on that uh on that ballot. Ain't that right, Alicia?
1: Yeah, you know, I volunteer the polls often. Mm-hmm. And we have little badges sometimes with our names on it. So uh-huh. you may see a name on your badge. Right um, on, the on the badge. You never okay. know. I mean keep your mind open, but we should all be thinking about in all seriousness whether you're going to file to run or not. Mm-hmm. We should all be thinking about how we can represent and contribute and better our communities in whatever way that looks like for you.
0: That's right. And last but not least, I don't know who needs to hear this, but stop leaving your Christmas lights up till Valentine's Day, y'all. I'm not. I'm so serious. This is really one of my pet peeves. You be driving down the street. It's all well and good. Beautiful in December. January, okay, it's still cute. But if it's January 31st, take them down. Take them, don't nobody want to see that. We trying to get chocolates out, and y'all still got Santa Claus up there singing in your driveway. It doesn't need to happen. Take them down. Hey.